detection of a COVID case in, if I'm wrong about this, somebody call me up and tell me this too, but I believe the first COVID case in North Carolina, and it may have been detected in Raleigh. And I was a little bit weirded out at that particular point, and I'll explain that to you, because I had an accident last year, my regular listeners would know that, and on February 26th, I broke my leg, and I was in the hospital for three or four days, and then I was in a rehab center for get this 12 weeks, and uh, that was making the transition from one to the other just about this time. I had made it to the rehabilitation center by this time last year, but I was, in effect, uh, locked in. People who were locked down, who were, uh, were were in their homes and were not supposed to leave for want of spend, uh, getting the uh, coronavirus. Well, I was that way, but I was also locked in the rehab center, uh, no one could come in or out, and uh, the people there were, of course, uh, were trying to protect the people who were there from the disease, from the COVID disease. And and I was there for after the when I went for about 12 weeks, and when I left, they had not had a case of that, and they were doing a really good job. Uh, I haven't really kept up with it very much since then, but I think they may have had uh, some cases, but I don't want to say because I really don't know. But uh, so things were going on in the outside world that I really wasn't totally up on, but I managed to, to adjust myself when I finally got out, and I was incarcerated in, in only one level of uh, incarceration, and that is the, the same one that most of the population was, and uh, we were supposed to just not be out uh, congregating, going places, and uh, in, in, in effect staying home as much as possible, and that's, that's what I have done, and that's what Mrs. Kearney has done. We have uh, had, uh, along the way, to uh, had one case of uh, exposure to someone who had was tested and had the virus, but we had our test made, and we came up negative, not detected, and we have, uh, in the last couple of months, gotten our vaccine, so we're, we're cool at this point, but tell me your story is what I want. Let's talk as John Rivers says. And uh, so if you've had a project, if you've decided, well, I'm going to be here, I'm going to get this uh, uh, jigsaw puzzle. Somebody gave us a jigsaw puzzle for Christmas, and I'm not much of a jigsaw puzzle person, but I try sometimes. But uh, that might have been something that I would have ended up doing. But uh, I have, uh, have retired a lot of the books that I wanted to read, have read them, have done some research on the, the Internet. It's a, an apt tool for that and can be used for that, and watched uh, uh, as many episodes of Jeopardy as I could watch, because uh, that's one thing I enjoy. And, and I've gotten a chance to listen to some uh, international broadcasting, the BBC and things like that, which you can do on the computer if you if you apply it yourself. What have you been doing? Have you been making models? Have you been uh, turning furniture? Uh, have you been uh, gardening? My sister has taken up gardening, for instance. Uh, she... And that's what she's spending some of her energy on. She loves the shop too, but but that's had to be limited because of the the effort to to keep from being in large crowds or congregations. So, on. but the, now I've told you a little bit of what we've been about. What I would like to hear is your story. And what you do is you call nine one nine, which is the area code, then eight six zero nine seven eight three eight six zero. 9783, 9783, if you have letters on your telephone, really works out to be WPTF, our call letters, WPTF, 
let's see, I've got to get this right. We're now in our 97th year. If we make it to September, we'll have been on the air 97 years, which makes us one of America's le legacy radio stations. And uh, uh, I'm proud of our history and uh, continuing to bring you news, weather, sports, and all kinds of things to be informative and to keep you alert and to allow you a place that you can talk about what you've been doing during the last year. I think the, the first kind of notifications of the uh, co coronavirus in the United States were in January of last year, and it, it was the notifications were picking up a little speed in, in February, and that's where I lost lost intimate contact with the news because of, of uh, being hospitalized and, and, and being in the recovery center. Uh, I could watch television and, uh, uh, and and kept up with the news as best I could, but uh, I had to do some catching up when I when I when I got out with with other news sources and magazines and things that I could not get while I was in the recovery center. What were you doing if you were sequestered at home? If you were locked in? If you could not go anywhere? How did you get your hair cut? Uh, and, and how did you adapt to things like that? There's a story in here, in other words. That's what I'm getting at. There's a story in what I've done and what you've done. And uh, I would like for this hour to be devoted to your opportunity per, to present some of that story to yours truly, Tom Kearney, on the Tom Kearney Show and to the people who are listening. 919-860-9783. It's 916 at WPTF. And I'll ask you to please queue up with your story while we're taking this break on WPTF. Piece of trivia. It was on this day that most American presidents were inaugurated beginning in uh, 1793, uh, 97, 97. Uh, Washington's first inaugural was, was uh, I think, April 30th because they had trouble counting the ballots. There had been a lot of bad weather, but he was inaugurated on, on March 4th, and from then until 1937, all presidents were inaugurated. Unless a couple of times it was moved one day because one president would not be inaugurated on Sunday. I think it was James K. Polk or somebody like that. But uh, March 4th was Inauguration Day until uh, the last president to be inaugurated on March 4th was Franklin Roosevelt for his first term uh, in, uh, in 1933. So... Uh, just a little piece of historical trivia. Uh, we are asking you tonight, I'm asking you, to talk to me and tell me what you did during the last year from the time when, when the coronavirus swooped it down on us until until today. And it seems to be in retreat a little bit, but uh, I'm one of those who thinks we should be extremely careful now and take our time so that we get out of this. Because I think one of the reasons it got so out of hand was that Nobody was paying attention to it and uh, was was willing to believe that it was going to be as bad as it has been. 500,000 people dead in the United States alone. One of our best buds, the guy from the other side of the tracks, Lou, is on the line with us tonight. Lou, how are you? Hey, Tom, I'm glad you asked. Um, what, have, what have I been doing? Um, Hold on, I want to ask I, you one question before you okay, start. Okay, go ahead. When we were talking about uh, proposing or getting married or something like that, you told us a story about being up about 116th Street and uh, maybe up near in uh, Columbia University or somewhere up there near Harlem, 
and you saw this girl in uh, in a tank top, and you just thought she was wonderful looking or something. Did anything ever come of that? Yeah, I got married to her. Yeah, that happened. I don't mean to I don't mean to be nosy, but I I just you told such a good story that it was kind of like you know. Uh, you and, know, and all I can say is uh, after that, uh, I can tip, tip of the hat at George Strait. All my exes live in Texas, and that's why I hang my hat in NC. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, George Strait was he's good for a lot of things, and that's one of them, I guess. And I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, what have I been doing? Yeah. And by the way, uh, congratulations to your producer, John, uh, who got married, he told me. And that's really a wonderful thing, and I wish him all the best. And you know, my my dad, he was a preacher. He he had a joke in the pulpit. He said, uh, "Love is blind, but marriage is an eye opener." Anyway, <laughs> can't argue with that. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but what have I been doing? I've been regressing. I haven't been standing still. I've been going backwards, and and I've decided to just soak up as much old nostalgia during this period of one year. I've, I've tried to watch every classic black and white movie, including uh, Citizen Kane, Psycho, and In Cold Blood, and also um, The Last Picture Show. And, and I'm so, like, steeped in nostalgia now with all these black and white pictures that I remember you had a bucket list show at one point. I couldn't even get in on the line. But my bucket list is having done quite a bit of acting, I've always wanted to narrate a movie, and it seems like uh, the opportunity has come to the forefront for me to narrate a uh, documentary about the P-51 Mustang, which was a fighter plane in World War II of great renown. And... and uh, sort of turned the tide in Europe over uh, the end of the war there and Pacific region too. But there's a new um, Miss America Mustang, which is a red, white, and blue version that flies in air shows. It's still the fastest piston-powered uh, plane in the world. So I'm going to go out to Reno, Nevada and check this plane out and uh, get with the director and uh, do a documentary about the uh, Miss America Mustang. And so, yeah, that's going to be quite nostalgic. Jimmy Stewart flew one of those in World War II, and Chuck Yeager was a uh, P-51 Mustang ace in World War II as, one, as well. So you mentioned the that's speed. sort of Did, what I've been doing. You mentioned the speed. Didn't the Mustang have a fairly extended range, too, which is, was one of the things they were trying to find because the planes had to fly from England out over to Germany, and it, sometimes they didn't make it back, or maybe I'm not thinking about the right well, Yeah, I mean, they, they did fly out and went very far out in the Pacific region, barely made it back to the aircraft carriers. But the thing they did was open up the air path for the bombers to fly into Berlin and go ahead and finish the war, pretty much. And um, they were so fast that, you know, no other plane could really... Um, I mean, in fact, uh, Jaeger shot down four... German Stukas in one day because they could get in and out of combat so fast. But I know everything about the P-51 Mustang now because of the research I'm doing to do this documentary, and I can't wait to actually see the Miss America, which is a red, white, and blue version that's been around for a long time but is still flying in shows, and it may win the, uh, the race this year in Reno, and that'll make a great ending for the movie. 
But um, that's what I've been doing, just going backwards in nostalgia and not standing still or going forward. But, you know, that's well, what I've been doing, been, and I really appreciate you asking. It may have been a better time after all. I, 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 you will have to, have to maybe be the subject of a show when you finish this, if we're still in business, uh, and talk about you know what you've what you've done vis-a-vis the, the Mustang. Now back to those movies. All those movies you named were ones that I just you, you mentioned the Last Picture Show, and uh, if you've what seen what a great it, movie! Oh my God, the guy, the guy. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. They they played the. The the uh, older gentleman. He got an Academy Award. Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. Sam the Lion. Yeah. Yeah. He he's got one of the greatest lines in that movie, and I can't say it because this is a family show. But when the boys have been, you know, they 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 cavorting a little and put the one of the other ones up to something that they shouldn't have put put him up to. We'll leave it at that. You know what I'm talking about. And he says, Yeah, he says, the, I've been around that trashy behavior all my all life, my life. And I'm getting tired of it. <laughs> I love that line. He says, I don't want any of y'all in my cafe or my movie theater anymore. Well, he shut the movie. door and turned out a light. He won the Oscar for that role, by the way. As did the late, great Cloris Leachman as the love star housewife in that movie. Right. Well, they came up um, uh, a lot about, well, it was about a month ago that Cloris Leachman passed away. And, of mm-hmm. course, Ben Johnson was a, a real cowboy. I mean, he... He was not a he was. actor playing a cowboy. He was a real cowboy. So. He did. He, he he used to bring in horses for movies uh, back in John Wayne's day, and then became a stunt double for John Wayne. And you know he did. He, he wasn't sure he wanted to take the role. And Bogdanovich said, "You you still you want to be uh, John Wayne's co- sidekick for the rest of your life?" And he took the role. And he won the Oscar. And you know what? You know what a great movie that is. I mean, it's just riveting and. You know, Timothy Bottoms is fantastic. Jeff Bridges, Sybil Shepherd, you know, Randy Quaid. Can't you can't beat that movie. It's just a classic. Oh, I know. And Sybil spent a lot of time sidling up to Bogdanovich. You and I know that was the case. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah they sense. got they got pretty close during they the got very filming. Close. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, but, thanks for asking what I've been doing. You know, okay. so. What have you been doing, Tom? Well, I told you so. Well, I, I spent, I spent uh, three three months uh, in in a, a rehabilitation center I, because I broke my femur and my my upper, yeah, you know, my thigh, and I it was about. So where is the femur? It's in the upper part. It's in the thigh. Yeah, it's the part between the knee and the and the and the the uh, well, what you sit on and everything. And uh, I couldn't. My doctor didn't want me to put my full weight on it for six six weeks, and so. Well, I had did to... you hear that? Um, you know, my former employer, uh, Brooke Shields, broke her femur recently. Um, um, she was on a uh, balancing bar and fell off, and she revealed it to uh, Jenna Bush on the Today Show that she had broken her femur as well. And of course, Brooke and I go back quite a ways, but. Um, well, I didn't, I didn't know, know where the female was. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, okay, a couple of questions. Well, Jenna Bush, is she George's daughter? Yeah, she's George W.'s daughter. Right, and she, she's a spitting image of my kid, Katie. I mean, they could be twins. They, they look alike. They talk alike. I thought that from the moment I ever became aware of her, and now she's on the Today Show. 
But Katie, my daughter, lives in Boston, and she's like a Jenna Bush and Katie. Uh, they're like twins. They really we're are. Have to, we're going to have to stop because we've got a newscast coming up. But okay, thank buddy. you for joining me and being That's a what I've been doing, right? Tom. <laughs> okay, take and care. And by the way, happy 97th anniversary and happy uh, parting ways of the, uh, you know, the, the show that uh, All-American Music okay, Show yeah. on Sunday night. Okay. Let's stop right there. It's time for the news on WPTF. John Sauter is our producer, and I need to put John to answer a question. Do we have any more callers waiting, John? Not at this time, Tom. Okay, fine. That's what I wanted to know. I want to invite you, if you're listening, uh, just as Lou, our friend from Rocky Mount, did, give us a call and tell us, as he did, what you've been doing. And uh, he, he gave us a full recounting. Uh, his regression, which sounds pretty good to me, but uh, uh, tell us what you've been doing. If you've been building a dollhouse or making a garden or repairing your car, uh, whatever, when you were uh, uh, not able to get out and go about, when you were uh, quarantined and were supposed to be staying at home and not out spreading the coronavirus. I've told you sort of, sort of what I did, and I, I found it fairly easy to deal with. I do want to to, uh, to uh, talk to you about some of our friends. John reminded me that I, knew, I could tell you uh, one of the things that I did was uh, uh, Mrs. Kearney and I have two cars, and one of them is mine. It's a Corolla, and because I was detained in the uh, rehab center, it didn't get driven, and it got to where the battery was uh, down, and, uh, and it needed to, some servicing work. So one of the things I did was to coordinate with the people at King's Auto and uh, get them to work on my car and get it back in shape so that uh, eventually when I was ready to drive it, uh, I could do that. And, and they were able to do that. And then also uh, the uh, the other car, Mrs. Kearney's car, both of them needed to be inspected and, uh, and those, those bureaucratic things that needed to be done. And, and I was able to sort of work on getting some of those kinds of things done. And... Uh, uh, Sort of not taking away from other things while I was doing it, and sort of cleaning up things. I know one of the things I've heard nationwide that a lot of people have done is uh, uh, when they were incarcerated, when they could not get out, is to, to clean up their mess. You know, and they, if they've been putting off throwing away some old clothes or or, or uh, books and magazines and things that uh, have overfilled the house. I am a pack rat by nature, and so I, I've done a little bit of that too. But what we need, what I need, is your story, and I need to go back to tell you to finish the story about King's Auto. They they were able to get both of my cars in shape so that we've been able to to drive them. In fact, we drove over to the Friday Center recently to get our our vaccines. That's where we got that done. We got that done. We got our our test when we were exposed to uh, the coronavirus. Uh, and uh, but uh, getting things done that needed to be done, and as I said, read a bunch of books that had stacked up on my coffee table and and and, uh, and needed to be read. Uh, this was all something that I could get done at the King's Auto. King's Auto is at 1039 uh, Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh. The easiest way to get to it probably is off of P Street. Uh, and uh, they're uh, new American cars, uh, Asian cars, German, German, European cars. It could be Audi's. Uh, Swiss cars, whatever, uh, and they have filled the void for 
me. I, I've always uh, wanted to have a, an automobile garage, uh, as everyone needs, that they can depend on who will fix what needs to be fixed and help you understand what you need to do. And that's one reason I like taking my car there for its regular servicing, because they take a good look over it and tell me what needs to be done, whether I need any new tires or not. They're going to tell me soon that I need a new muffler, I think, on, on the older car. Uh, one of my older car is 15 years old, and it's running just fine because I take it to a place like King's Auto. And it being springtime, the time when there's going to be a lot of pollen in the air and, and things, it's time to get them washed and cleaned up and to have the filters, the cabin filter and the, the filter in the engine replaced to, to have your car uh, uh, serviced properly, to have it looked over and, and checked out. And also, if you need to be inspected, they have a, a state inspection station there and do it right on the premises. So uh, I've walked the walk and talked the talk with King's Auto. It's just not that I'm reading something to you. Uh, they have kept my cars running and uh, will continue to do that, I'm sure, and I can recommend them to you without reservation. King's Auto at 1039 uh, Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh. If you uh, are, have got a story, as Lou did, of something that you did, he, he sounded like he had a good project. He's watched a lot of movies that he wanted to watch, uh, and I've done a little bit of that too, not as many as he had, but uh, the movies that he was watching, I can tell, were probably uh, movies that he watched on Turner Classic Movies, like The Last Picture Show and uh, 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 the other movies that he mentioned, it sounded like he had some crime noir in there, and uh, movies, a lot of good movies that were made in the, in the the 40s and the 50s. I need to see Doctor Strangelove again sometime soon, and I'm looking for a chance to see it. I ought to go out and buy a DVD of it and, and just settle the matter. That's my favorite movie, but I've got to watch some other movies like uh, Groundhog Day and the Blues Brothers and American Graffiti that I've always enjoyed. Uh, and, and I've been able to have the free time to do that when I was uh, quarantined, when I could not get out. So talk to me. Tell me your story, as Lou told us his story. 919 is the area code, 860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. John, is there anybody on the line yet? No callers, Tom. Okay. Okay. All right, uh, don't be bashful now. Uh, I always have to counsel uh, our listeners to do that because a lot of listeners have good stories uh, where they've d done certain things. Maybe you did actually put your jigsaw puzzle together or you took up Canasta or some other card game that you, you wanted to learn how to play or you'd learn how to fix your toilet by watching YouTube uh, instructional uh, programs or whatever. But whatever uh, you've been up to, Tell us your story. I'm so interested, in, and I chose tonight to, to pick on this particular subject because March 3rd of 2020 was the day, I think, that the first coronavirus case was detected in North Carolina. I believe it was in Raleigh, but I, the, the date is appropriate. And a, a lot of, uh, I didn't look up the statistics for Raleigh, but, you know, last week we passed the point where 500,000 Americans had died because of the coronavirus. And I totally believe that we this is one thing we've got to be aware of and to deal with. We've got to, we've got to have the proper response to it. And if we had had the proper response to it, we would not have 
it, we would have come and it would have been here. There, I don't think there's any doubt about that, but it would not have been as severe and it would not have turned into what I think is kind of a war. It's rather like this is the American war is dealing with the coronavirus. Of course, we're not by ourselves. It's proved to be a problem all over the world, and we've been lucky that the vaccines have been, I guess, perfected now so that we've got three that uh, people can take. Uh, I was able to take the Moderna virus, uh, the vaccine. And then there's the Pfizer vaccine, and then just this week, coming to North Carolina uh, at your clinic is the Johnson & Johnson virus. But maybe we'll get uh, a degree of herd immunity so that things will be approaching normal. Things are apparently getting better, but this is not the time to let our guard down. So tell me what your story is. What have you been doing while, and how have you been doing it? Have you been staying in like you were supposed to? Have you, uh, have you gotten your vaccine? And if not, why? Has there been a particular problem? Uh, those are the kind of things that I'm interested, I'm interested in. Your story is what I'm interested in. 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. We're going to pause here for a moment, and then we'll come back, and I hope you'll be queued up, that is to say, in line to tell me your story right after this. All right, Tom, we're back. Okay, back. Okay, all right. Uh, 944 at WPTF, Tom Kearney here, the Tom Kearney Show for Thursday night, uh, March 4th what used to be Inauguration Day for many years until, well, Roosevelt's inauguration for his first term, which was on March 4th, 1933, was the last time it was held on March 4th. Uh, and one of the reasons for moving it was to eliminate a lame duck session of Congress that had to occur between the end, the time of the election and the time of the inauguration. The old Congress came back, and what they wanted to get it is so that the new Congress... Uh, reported, and that inauguration was when Roosevelt uttered the famous lines, we have nothing to fear, but fear itself. That's a little bit of historical trivia for you. John Sauter, our producer, a salute to him. He says we've got a couple of callers. We'll, John, who is the first one? And, and ask the second one to hang on. We'll get to them, too. Okay, this is Frank from Chapel Hill. Frank from Chapel Hill. Frank, how are you this evening? I'm fine, Mr. Carney. I enjoy your show. Thank you very much. Um, responding, um, I guess your first issue was, what are we doing in the last 10 months? And I think I heard you say that you were very careful about COVID. I'm diametrically opposed. I'm very casual about it. And um, so I'm kind of um, laissez-faire, and if I get it, I get it, and if I don't, I don't. I'm kind of look at it like influenza. So what did I do during this time? I um, cleaned up my garage. You know how you end up with all your tools on the floor and stuff stacked in the corner and, and equipment on the floor. I tried to get everything up off the floor, and I'm an amateur, nothing fancy. I'm just an amateur, basic little carpentry, getting everything hung on the walls and from the ceiling. So they're just the cars are on the floor now. <laughs> well, that's, good. that's the very idea. You know, that's the, kind of like me. Uh... I, I I don't have a garage with tools and things in it. Uh, my my father would have had that, but he never taught me how to use them. So I, I was stuck with a bunch of books. But I've been straightening my books up and doing the best I could along those lines. Uh, and I, I appreciate you calling. There's just one thing. Uh, 
uh, we don't need to get into a political hoo-ha-ha now, but uh, <laughs> I, I have no problem with your being laissez-faire with regard to you, but if you go out and you have the disease and you come in contact with other people, say me, for instance, then then that uh, seems to be irresponsible with regard to the community. But, yeah, I'm a bad person, I know. Well, I don't, I, I don't want to say that. I don't. I hear you. I, I, I'm not into the judging business, but I, you know, I've thought these things over too. Because I'm, I'm pretty much a, a loner myself, and I want to do things my way. But I realize I live in a community, and I've got some responsibilities to, to the community, whether I like it or not, as it turns out. So what? Uh, well, just let me um, respond to that. Okay. And uh, so what my wife and I have been doing, yes, we wear masks. Yes, we've been going to restaurants, spending money, trying to help people make a living. Good, uh, We good. do the retail thing with masks. Um, so I do that um, reluctantly, but I do it. So I'm not a super spreader. No, 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 no. But I'm spending money to try to help people make a living. Yeah, and well, a lot of my friends, they're afraid to leave their house. Well, I, I understand that. Well, everybody's different. Mrs. Kearney and I. We have a favorite restaurant out in, in Cary. It's just one we like, and we've been buying uh, a meal every weekend from them, and sometimes other times just to help them out. You know, we, we don't we don't go and sit there, but we, we're, we're customers at the curb, I guess you would say. Well, I think that's, uh, if you can afford to, that's kind of our responsibility to, to spend some money and help um, the people that are suffering. Exactly, we help it keep going, and, and these are meals that we normally wouldn't have wouldn't have purchased. But I said to Mrs. Carney, let's let's do this, and maybe when this is all over, they'll still be open, and we can go back to what is our favorite restaurant. So, uh, and I'm glad that you and I are not at at, uh, at odds at all on this. Well, and it's you, okay you, to disagree. Oh, it's the American way. Uh, well, it's a good way to be, and whatever way it is, it is. Well, I'm, you've said it as well as anybody can say it, so I'm just going to shut up. Hey, thank I, you so much for, for joining us tonight. May I make a comment about Roosevelt? Sure. So you speaked a couple things of interest in me. Number one, you said you're almost at 100 years for your radio station. I think right. I think I would think back it would be 1924 with the numbers that you, you mentioned. That's exactly right. My mother... In Lafayette, Louisiana, with a little girl, she's uh, born 1918, so she remembers Roosevelt's fireside chats at the kitchen table around a radio in the late 20s and 30s. And well, it would be now. I'm, I'm, I never would want to correct you about your mother, but it would have been in the 30s because he he didn't do those till he became president, and he became president on. March 4th of 1933. But, right. uh, but I, I can be, she was probably listening to WWL in New Orleans. As uh, um, I don't know what station she was listening to, but she describes uh, how, how that was unusual and mesmerizing, and he was a good public speaker, or he was unusual. And um, so my mother's family, my, ma my maternal grandfather, who lost his job in 1933 or 34, and was vigorously trying to seek and attain work and couldn't obtain work. And Roosevelt came forward with his social programs. My mother's, would be my maternal grandfather, loved Roosevelt. They were, we worship Roosevelt. Now you have oh, diametrically opposed my paternal grandfather, who lived 20 miles away in a different town in South Louisiana, hated Roosevelt because my 
paternal grandfather was a bare-knuckle capitalist making money selling paint all lumber yards. <laughs> so, well, um, you sounds like you've got the social types and economic types, and you're you're exactly right. But there, there were there were people that uh, uh, bought a picture of Roosevelt and hung it on the wall. They liked him so much, you know, with their personal photographs and, and right. so on. But uh, uh, but he he did have. Uh, on the fireside chest, a very reassuring voice, and, and there's a movie called Paper Moon that came out. You may or may not have seen I think Ryan O'Neill that years ago. Yeah. Well, Tatum O'Neill was in that. Yes. She won a, and she's that's of course with her dad, and they're riding along in the car, and uh, and uh, Ryan O'Neill says something about turn that blankety blank radio down, and she says I'm listening to Frankie Roosevelt, and if he says it's true, it's true, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. That, that, I think maybe how some people, that was meant to be a joke, but it's probably how some people work. But so the thing about, you said something very important. You said, uh, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Uh, but uh, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. 19, what, 33? Right. And uh, the other thing Roosevelt did in 33, he, he, he was getting ready to make his uh, address the day before or something, and, uh, and the, uh, they were making the scaffolding that they were going to wheel him up to make his speech outside the Oval Office. And he looked to his aide, and he said, you see that carpenter out there? And his aide said, yes. He says, he has to understand what I say tomorrow. He spoke to the common man. Oh, well, I, you won't get any argument out of me. We were, and even if you, don't, if you were one of those people like one of your grandfathers who referred to him as that man, you know, the bare-knuckle capitalist that you talked about, one would have to agree that he at least Got got the nation off its butt and on the way back to something. Uh, the New Deal did not uh, end the depression. It was the war ended the depression, but uh, right. it made things a little bit easier. And I need to go because okay. I've got somebody else. But thank you so much. Good I talking appreciate to you. It. Likewise. Bye bye. And we got another caller, John. Who is this? We need to take a break. We need to take a break. Okay, we'll take a break here, and we'll be back. a minute left for a caller. Uh, we got our wires crossed up a little bit here tonight, and I took more time than I should have. Who is the caller we've got, John? Henry. Henry? Henry, good evening. You're on WPTF. We've got about a minute. Okay, I'll make it quick. <clears throat> what I've done mostly is I've spent a whole lot of time reading, and I've gotten to a lot of books that I otherwise wouldn't have, wouldn't have gotten to, Tom. Um, so that gives me a gratifying feeling. Plus, it's a pleasure to you know to do the reading and have something like that to occupy one's mind. The other thing I want to say is <clears throat> thank you for mentioning that you're something of a of a pack rat, because now I know I'm not the only one in the world. <laughs> oh no, no, no I'm sorry. I got it from both sides too. Both of my parents <laughs> were pack rats. I, I, there was no way I was going to escape it then. And my brother, who you hear on here occasionally, he's a pack rat. Don't tell him I said this. Well, Henry, we better go here because I've got All right. to, I, But we'll talk to you again sometime. Thanks for joining us All tonight. Right. Good night. Thanks to everyone who joined us tonight. This turned out exactly the way I wanted it to be. Uh, tomorrow night is going to be Friday Night Trivia. We hope you'll join us then. And uh, we'll, we'll be back on Monday night with um, Dr. Mike Walden.